Welcome to the Padres Post Game Show on the Padres Radio Network. Coming up, we'll deliver a full recap of today's game with highlights. Plus, we'll take you down to the manager's office to hear from Bob Melvin. And we'll give you an update on scores from around Major League Baseball. The Padres Post Game Show starts now on the Padres Radio Network. We are live here at Petco Park as the Padres fall to the Pittsburgh Pirates 3-2 on this Wednesday afternoon as the Pirates win the rubber game of this three-game series. Sam Levitt with you inside the lofts here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. As we wrap this one up, the final totals in this one for the Pirates, three runs, five hits, no errors, and for San Diego, two runs, four hits, and one error. A lot to do on our post-game show. We'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. We'll recap it in its entirety. Also, We'll have all the radio highlights for you, give out our daily awards, full out-of-town scoreboard, and much, much more to come as we wrap this one up from Petco Park. The Padres fall to 49-54. and Pirates improve to 45-57. and The Pirates win 5 out of 6 against the Padres here in 2023. We'll dive way deeper into this game, but obviously another frustrating afternoon for the Padres and especially their offense the Padres offense even with what they did in the ninth inning against David Bednar two runs on four hits against Johan Oviedo who came in with far higher than a four ERA six innings one run three hits that was it for the Padres offense Seth Lugo really good in this game seven innings two earned runs given up both came on solo home runs and the Padres just throughout the first eight innings forgetting the ninth they just could not get anything going offensively really for the third game in the last four and the Padres in must-win situations with where they are at as the trade deadline approaches they lose two out of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates and especially here today and on Monday night the offense was just not there whatsoever very very disappointing and uh, it continues uh, a season full of very frustrating losses well certainly add this one uh, to that category and the Padres to their credit did rally in the ninth inning did uh, put the tying run on third base did have the bases loaded with one out down by one but they could not get that one big hit um, in the situation they needed it and that has been a story really through 100 plus games of this season so we'll break it all down you'll hear my thoughts we'll get some of your thoughts we'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin and much much more to get to as the Padres fall in the rubber game of this three game series final score Pirates three Padres two post game show gets rolling with the radio highlights and Bob Melvin when we come back on the Padres radio network yeah yeah Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here at Petco Park, the Pirates 3 and the Padres 2 as the Pirates win the rubber game of this three-game set. Sam Levitt with you inside the lofts here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. The loft is still packed, people finishing up their beers, closing out their tabs, having conversations, good times with friends. Another sold-out crowd here at Petco Park, the 42nd sellout of 2023. But for the second time in this series,
series in this homestand so far. They did not have a whole lot to cheer about, especially through the first eight innings. Padres fall 3-2. to two. They made a lot of noise in the ninth inning, but come up short and lose it by one run. It is another one-run loss for this team. They are now 6-17 and 17 in one-run games, uh, a record there that is hard to believe. Uh, so many winnable games. The Padres have not been able to win this season. One or two-run games, 18 and 31, and of course, this one goes in that one run in close game category, something we've talked about for quite some time now. Before we get to the radio highlights, and we will hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin coming up in just a few minutes as well. Stay tuned for that. The Pittsburgh Pirates, a team that has really, aside from the first month of the season, not played well whatsoever for a few months now. Keep this in mind. Since June 13th, the Pirates are 11-27. Five of those wins have come against the Padres. Put it another way. In their last 38 games, the Pirates are 5-1 against San Diego, 6-26 against everybody else. They swept the Padres in Pittsburgh. They win two of three here against the Padres in San Diego. This was not the way this season series was supposed to go at all, but it's the way it went. The Padres dropped to 49-54. and Pirates improve to 46-56. and Let's recap it with our game highlights. Let's go through the biggest moments from today's game with our game highlights. Presented by the new El Cajon Ford Commercial Service Center. Servicing all Fords up to F750s and motorhomes. The Padres had a great scoring chance in the bottom of the first inning against Pirates starter Johan Oviedo. Runners on first and second, nobody out, but they did not score. After a scoreless first inning, G-Man Choi led off the second against Seth Lugo. Lugo delivers, and Choi swings, hits one in the air to deep right field. Fernando's going back at the wall. It's going to go. A home run for G-Man Choi, sixth of the year. And the Pirates strike first here this afternoon. It's 1-0 in the second. Fast forward to the bottom of the third. Padres still down 1-0. Hassan Kim drew a one-out walk. He was still on first base with two men away for Manny Machado. One and two, the pitch. Machado swings, hits it in the air to left field straight away. Not deep. Reynolds racing in. Williams racing back. Over the shoulder. Williams can't make the catch. Bobbled it, dropped it. Kim will come in and score. Machado into second base. Not a pump, but it is a 1-1 game. That's all the Padres got in the third. Brian Reynolds then led off the top of the fourth. First pitch swinging. Brian Reynolds in the air to deep left field and a home run to the opposite way. Reynolds 11th of the season. And on the first pitch of the fourth inning, the Pirates go back in front. It's now 2-1. to one. Padres were having a really tough time against Oviedo. He threw perfect innings in the fourth and the fifth. He worked around a one-out single in the sixth inning. Meanwhile, Seth Lugo had allowed just three hits through six innings, two of them the solo home runs. Padres still trailed 2-1, to one, heading to the seventh inning. Seth Lugo went back to work. G-Man Choi led off. 1-2, that's hit in the air to deep right again. Fernando back at the wall, leaps up, and he makes the catch. Comes down, slams into the wall, and for the second consecutive game, going to hang a star for the Padre right fielder. Amazing catch by Fernando Tatis Jr., who continues to play a gold-glove caliber right field. Lugo would put together a 1-2-3 seventh inning. Final line on Seth Lugo, he was great in this game. Seven innings, two earned runs given up, three hits again, two of them solo home runs, walk nobody, struck out eight on a grand total of 89 pitches in this game. Seth Lugo really Really impressive, but again, the Padres were trailing by a score of 2-1. to one. And pardon me, 
me. Uh, Lugo actually threw 84 pitches, not 89. 84 pitches for Seth Lugo. All right, back to what the Padres weren't doing, and that was hitting much. Oviedo was done after six innings. Carmen Majinski entered for the seventh. He put together a 1-2-3 frame. Nick Martinez worked out of jam in a scoreless eighth inning. So we went to the top of the ninth inning. Padres still trailing just 2-1. to one. Robert Suarez entered out of the bullpen. Carlos Santana led off. Three on the day. Swings here. Hits one in the air to deep right center. Fernando going back at the wall. Looks up. Going to go. A home run for Carlos Santana. That is his third of this series. And the Pirates add on 3-1 to one now in the top of the ninth inning. And speaking of stats that will make your head spin, Carlos Santana has 12 home runs this season. Five of them have come in six games against the Padres. So the Padres trailed 3-1, to one, heading to the bottom half of the ninth inning. Going up against right-handed closer David Bednar, an all-star here in 2023. He's been one of the best closers in baseball uh, really this season. Very talented right-hander. Manny Machado struck out. Xander Bogarts drew a one-out walk. Luis Campusano singled through the left side of the infield. That put runners at first and second with one out. Jake Cronenworth was hit by a pitch. So the Padres had the bases loaded, trailing 3-1. to one. Juan Soto, who was getting the day off pinch hit for Gary Sanchez he drew a walk the run came in to score in Bogarts it was a three to two game the Padres still had the bases loaded one out trailing by one but then Bednar got Taylor Colway to pop out weakly on the left side of the infield and foul ground for out number two the bases loaded two men away the game left up to Trent Grisham two and two with the bases loaded two outs Bednar ready here's the pitch to Grisham and a swing and a miss Got him with a curveball, and the Padres leave him loaded here in the bottom of the ninth inning. They get one, but they needed two. And the Pirates win the series as they hang on for a 3-2 victory here this afternoon. And that was the ball game. The Pittsburgh Pirates win two of three from San Diego. They win it 3-2 to two over the Padres. Again, the final totals for the Pirates, three runs, five hits, no errors. And for the Padres, two runs on just four hits and one error. Another very frustrating afternoon for the Padres here at Petco Park. Let's go down towards the clubhouse here in downtown San Diego, and here's some post-game reaction. Let's take a trip down to the Padres Clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Presented by Sinley Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sinley Food, 4665 El Cajon Boulevard, the Cook's Asian resource. Bob, in that ninth inning, after Xander puts together that great at bat, 12 pitch to get him base and everything, did you feel like you might have been able to get Bednar on the ropes and, and get something going there? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, you know, really good at bats after that. Um, in a position with the bases loaded and less than two outs. So, you know, we keep talking about frustration and urgency and all those words that we keep using, and, you know, they're still going to pop up until we change the narrative, uh, unfortunately. But it really today was a different feeling in the ninth inning once Xander got on. We really feel like we were going to finish that thing off. I didn't want to use Juan today. He's, we wanted to give him two days off. He's going to get an MRI on his finger either tomorrow or Friday. Um, he's been playing with it for a while. He came and said, I'm, I'm going to hit. So, you know, once he came to the plate, you just felt like this is kind of finally going to, we're going to break through. This is going to be our time, and it didn't happen. Nice outing again by Seth. Your thoughts on the effort today and also just what he's done in the rotation this year? Great. Efficient. Didn't walk anybody. 
you know, gave up a couple of solo home runs in a lot of ways. It's good as good a game as he's pitched all year. Uh, a couple, a couple left the ballpark, you know, and and then Toddy's ball too. I mean, off the bat, you feel like that's a no doubter. So I don't know how much closer you can get. And you know, for for a team that's been struggling for that game, like today, we had some opportunities. It felt like we were about as close as we could possibly get, and here we are with another one 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 run loss. Is Hassan okay after the little collision that he had? Was yeah, I think it's a cramp. His groin, a little bit of a cramp. He'd been dealing with that uh, ever since, well, in the Philadelphia series when we had to give him a day off after that. But I think he's going to be okay. You talk about the narrative's not going to change. Yeah. And I know you don't address the team after, like, every loss. But is there any message that's to the team now uh, two months to go and you dropped another series against? It's the same. But, I, look, I, you're not going to say anything. You can't get upset after that. The, that game the way we you know it didn't look great for a while but you know the fight we showed in the ninth was was exactly what we needed to get past one of these games that we've seen quite a bit of and we've been haven't been able to finish off um so look we, we put together some good at bats just came up a little short again even today felt different in the ninth just the general inability to win games that seem eminently well winnable like maybe the first first seven innings of the games and then and that kind of thing like what is the common theme in these games that that where it's not going I, I don't think this is it felt like it for a while like it was one of these games where we weren't going to score it's the last game of the series we you know we've had trouble with um I, the, the energy was as good as it's been all year in the dugout through the through the entire game so i think that's part of one of the reasons it was really spirited in the ninth so it didn't really feel like that especially in the ninth inning but here we are talking it again. We're just we're gonna have to get past it. We're gonna have to win games. I know I keep saying that, and that's what I said. We're gonna have to change the narrative. It has not happened to this point. With, with Soto's finger, is that a, has it gotten worse that it would need an MRI, or has it just lingered as long as it has? What's it's lingered for quite a while, and we we targeted this date to try to give him a day off, and then the day off tomorrow, get treatment, and hopefully gets that much better. Whether it is or not, I don't know, but I think we're gonna have a little bit more clarity after he gets an MRI. Which finger is it? Uh, it's the yeah, it's the bottom hand. This finger, I think. Uh, um, what point did he tell you he wanted to hit? Uh, well, we we talked a little bit once it got to the point where he's got a chance to win the game. What was the calculus for when you used him? You know, you you're, you're going to have a chance to use him. Jake, Gary, Colway. I mean, it seemed like there might have been in that spot. Yeah. In that spot, it ended up working in the DH spot. That's why I couldn't run for Campy right there. I knew we were going to potentially have to hit for for Sanchez, but the spot came up. He just didn't get a good pitch to hit. That was Padres manager Bob Melvin from down by the clubhouse here at Petco Park as the Padres fall three to two to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Before we continue on, let's pause for station ID here on the Padres radio network. KWFNFM and KWFNHE1 San Diego. Hi, this is Bob Melvin. You're listening to Padres Baseball on the Padres Radio Network. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Sam Levitt with you here inside the loft at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park as the Padres fall 3-2 to two to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Padres drop two out of three to the Pirates. And uh, we heard from Bob Melvin right there. And look, I, I think the ninth inning was certainly great. The fight they showed... Um, the chance to tie the game, a runner on third base, tying run, less than two outs. And, you know, look, sometimes those rallies don't come all the way complete. 
Okay, we understand that. They had the bottom of the order due up after it was 3-2. to two. Colway, that's a huge spot for him for a guy that just came up to the major leagues. Bob Melvin elected to keep Colway in there. Um, you know, there are other left-handed bats I suppose you could go to, like a Matt Carpenter, uh, obviously, who's on the bench. And then Trent Grisham had a pretty good at-bat but struck out against David Bednar. And ultimately, uh, look, the ninth-inning rally didn't matter. They didn't win the game, and they lost it 3-2. to two. But... The main story in this game before the ninth inning was the Padres' offense inability to get anything going against Johan Oviedo, who went six innings, one earned run given up. And it was the third time in the last four games that the Padres faced, and I'm not trying to insult anybody, but an either young or inexperienced or just sort of mediocre starting pitcher at best. It did not do much against him at all. A combination of Alex Fajardo, on Sunday in Detroit, Quinn Priester on Monday here at Petco Park, and Johan Oviedo here today, Sunday, Monday here today. Those three limited the Padres to just five runs on eight hits, and they each went five-plus innings. I mean, you look at this game. The Padres had one hit after the third inning until the ninth. I mean, that, to me, it was a two-to-one game for a while until Santana's home run in the ninth inning. I mean, the Padres' offense just has to do more than that. Bottom line, so look, the ninth inning, as frustrating as it was, as good as the fight was, I mean, having one run through eight innings in this game, that is where this game was lost. And, uh, you know, a, a two-run uh, a two-run uh, start for, for Seth Lugo, who went seven innings uh, in this game, struck out eight, walked nobody. He was great. He gave up a couple of solo home runs. Um, you know, he, he pitched plenty well enough to win. The offense... Did not back him up enough. And it was the problem on Sunday. It was the problem on Monday. And the problem again here today. And another one of those offensive performances that is super frustrating and just makes you scratch your head. And you can't quite figure it out um, why this seesaw offense has been that way now for 100-plus games. So uh, we'll uh, see if the off day can uh, give everybody some rest. And a very, very good Rangers team coming to town on Friday. But no doubt a frustrating series very frustrating loss once again for the Padres here today. We'll step aside, come back with more. If you want to get involved on our post-game show, tweet at me at Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Instagram DMs open as well. Sammy Lev there, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Uh, may be able to squeeze a phone call in or two. We are going to get you to Gwyn and Chris today. Chris Ello and Matt Scraby with you. They'll be with you until 6 p.m. Matt Scraby, I understand, will be with you until 7 p.m. So, a lot more coverage to come about this one as the Padres fall 3-2 to two to the Pirates. But again, if you want to get involved with me, tweet at me, Instagram DM me. may just interact with your tweet or your DM here on the air. We'll continue our postgame show when we come back. Final score, Pirates 3, Padres 2 on the Padres Radio Network. Postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Sam Levitt with you as we wrap this one up. The Pirates win it 3-2 to two over the Padres as the Pirates take two of three. They go 5-1 and one in the season series against the San Diego Padres. Sam Levitt with you here inside the loft at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. Good to have you with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Again, we'll get you to Gwyn and Chris today. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby coming your way in just a little while. Until then, we continue to break down what was another very 
Very frustrating afternoon for the Padres. Two runs on four hits. Pirates had three runs on five hits. They had three solo home runs in this game. One in the second inning by G-Man Choi. One in the fourth inning solo shot by Brian Reynolds. And one in the ninth inning. Carlos Santana, a solo home run. A home run that ended up really meaning a lot because it gave the Pirates a 3-1 to one lead. They needed that insurance as they go on to win it 3-2. to two. Let's tell you about our ace pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was dealing today? Let's find out who's today's ace pitcher of the game. Brought to you by The Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. From Traeger and Weber to the Big Green Egg. All your grilling and barbecue needs are inside The Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. Our ace pitcher of the game will go with Seth Lugo. He took the loss in this game, but no fault of his. Seven innings, two earned runs given up, three hits, no walks, struck out eight, 84 pitches. He was great. I mean, he gave up solo home runs, one to Choi, one to Reynolds. But Seth Lugo continues to put together a very solid season for this team. And second straight, really nice start for Seth Lugo, our ace pitcher of the game. Again, seven innings of two-run ball, but that was not enough as the Padres' offense, quite simply, did not do enough to win this game. Again, just two runs on four hits. And uh, we'll continue to dive into it. We'll take a couple of phone calls coming up as well. But that is what is so frustrating about this loss once again. It's really the third time in the last four games where the Padres' offense just did not do nearly enough in a game that was very winnable. Here today, two runs on four hits. And look, if we're being honest about yesterday, Padres were clinging to a 2-1 to lead until the Soto home run in the seventh inning. They got the two-run home run by Sanchez in the eighth inning, made it 5-1. to But for a while there, there were a lot of squandered opportunities. And you're sort of wondering, okay, is the, the, is the lack of cashing in in these opportunities going to come back to bite them? Luckily, yesterday it did not. But it was a problem yesterday as well. Then you look at uh, the first game of this series. They did get four runs against uh, Quinn Priester on six hits, but it wasn't enough. Certainly, you Darvish struggling in that game uh, was part of the story, but you did expect them, I think, to do a little bit more against Quinn Priester, and they had some opportunities. And uh, just, again, uh, offense didn't do quite enough there, and we talked about it after the game on Monday. Uh, the big four, Tatis, Soto, Machado, and Bogarts in that game on Monday, only two for 14 with a couple of singles. And then Sunday against the Tigers in Detroit, just one run on three hits, and they were shut out by Alex Fayedu, who came in with a, a, a six-plus ERA in 18 major league starts. So, look, there has been, you know, the Monday game was a little bit different with you, Darvish, because he struggled so badly. But, I mean, there has been a common theme in some of these games. And, look, if we're being honest, really throughout the 100-plus games so far of this season where the offense just does not do enough and – I don't quite know how to explain it. I mean, a guy today in Johan Oviedo, who's, you know, an all right starting pitcher, Oviedo's numbers entering today. Let me pull him up here one more time for my pregame notes. 3-11, and tied for the most losses in the National League, a 4.77 ERA, you know, 111-plus innings. I mean, a 4.77 ERA, and the Padres got one run on three hits against him. You know, again... <laughs> The Padres are, if they have any chance of going on the kind of run they need to go on, I mean, the offense just has to do 
way more than that with way more regularity, and it has not happened throughout the year. We know it's been very much a feast or famine offense uh, throughout the season, and uh, here today, I mean, you look up, and it's two runs on four hits, so... Hard to make sense of. I wish I had the answers for you. Unfortunately, I do not. And uh, another offensive performance really until the ninth inning that was a head-scratcher. And, look, I I give him credit for the ninth inning against a really tough right-hander, good closer in David Bednar, who, of course, was part of that trade for Joe Musgrove a couple of years ago, really a trade that worked out for both sides with what Bednar's become and uh, what Joe Musgrove's done here in San Diego. But, look, you, you zoom out. You know, aside from that ninth inning, like I said earlier, they had one hit after the third inning until that ninth. I mean, if you want to look at it this way, they had two hits after the third. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. And that is why the Pirates won this game 3-2. to two. It's a big reason why the Pirates went 5-1 and one against the Padres uh, here in 2023. So uh, we'll uh, continue to break it all down. We will get some of your phone calls here coming up a little bit later, and we'll dive a little bit deeper into that ninth inning once again. Final score, Pirates 3, Padres 2. Postgame show continues when we come back on the Padres Radio Network. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score, the Pirates 3 and the Padres 2 in the rubber game of this three-game series. Sam Levitt with you inside the Western Metal Building here at Petco Park as we wrap this one up. Still have our daily awards to give out. We'll get to more of those. Take a full look at the out-of-town scoreboard coming up here in just a little bit as well. Appreciate you joining us on this Wednesday afternoon. A very frustrating day for the San Diego Padres once again. It is a very interesting time for this team, for this organization, with the trade deadline looming now than, uh, now less than a week away, and the Padres now sitting five games below 500. We'll update you on where they are at the moment in the wild card standings, but bottom line, games they just have to win, series they just have to win, and here against the Pittsburgh Pirates, they lose two out of three, and uh, you look at this game here today, I mean, super winnable. Just super, super winnable. Seth Lugo, terrific. Another quality start for a rotation that has been awfully good this year. Seven innings, two earned runs given up, three hits allowed, gave up a couple of solo home runs. That was it. And the Padres offense just quite simply through the first eight innings of this game did not do nearly enough to get this team the win here today. Good fight in the ninth inning. We'll dive a little bit deeper into that ninth inning here uh, in a moment. But uh, through the first eight innings, again, they had just one run on three hits and going up against the starting pitcher in Johan Oviedo, who who had a 4.77 ERA coming in, six innings, one earned run given up. And, you know, a bullpen that uh, they threw a couple of arms there, Majinski, Holderman, that are talented. Uh, Bednar's very good in the closer role, but... Uh, again, the Padres, uh, with the names in this lineup, just could not muster up much until that ninth inning. We'll get to your phone calls here in a second, 833-288-0973. Let's tell you about our relief pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was able to come in and slam the door shut? It's time for the relief pitcher of the game in support of the Jacobs and Cushman San Diego Food Bank, providing food assistance to local children, families, and seniors in need. To get help or give help, visit SanDiegoFoodBank.org. Our relief pitcher of the game. We got to go with somebody from that Pirates bullpen, I would think, in a close game like this. 
Hard giving it to Bednar, although he did get out of that bases loaded, one out situation with the tying run on third base in the ninth inning. But you had two guys before that in the setup roles, Carmen Majinski and Colin Holderman, who each went three up and three down. So you know what? We're going to do a rare thing here. We're going to split the award between Majinski and Holderman. Six up, six down in the seventh inning and the eighth inning. And that got it to Bidnar with ultimately a two-run lead in the ninth inning. So Carmen Majinski, Colin Holderman for the Pirates are co-relief pitchers of the game. All right, let's go to the phones while we have a moment. I don't promise that I have all the answers here on July 26th as the trade deadline approaches, but I'll at the very least try to provide you with a little bit of emotional support. 833-288-0973. Let's go to Don and Rancho Bernardo leads us off. Hi, Don. Hey, Sammy. How you doing today? I'm doing all right, Don. <laughs> well, good. I mean, can't, certainly can't complain about San Diego. We talk about that quite a bit. The weather is fantastic and uh but, you know, unfortunately, after this series, I, I just – I know we've said it all year, but this is just – these are must-win games. You know, these are not, oh, it would be nice to win or it's, it's very important to win. These are must-win games and must-win series. And this is a not a very good team that we just got through playing. And, um, you know, to, to, to lose the series, not just the game – uh really to me this close to the deadline and with what what we've had happen all year long this being a a trend this is a a season-long trend in my opinion it's time to turn the page focus on 2024 i feel like this year when Campusano and sanchez came into the lineup they really added some life into that lineup you know so i'm thinking it'd be thinking about 2024 it'd be great to get some depth for next year we're going back to this old trade Snell and Hader, try to get some of that depth. I know that's not immediate uh, depth necessarily. It's probably some top 20, top 75 picks, you know, that could possibly come up in the second half of next year. Maybe use those as trading chips and to get a better DH in the offseason. Um, but anything's better than what they have now. And I really think that, um, you know, what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing, you know, over and over again? This just doesn't work or something along those lines, but um, I, I, I'm really to the point where I'm ready to turn the page. I'm ready to get excited about 2024, too, because <laughs> we have a, such a good core, and I really think that if we added some pieces here with Snell and Hader, we could really make – we could become what we thought this season would be. I'm interested in your yeah. thoughts, Sammy. Yeah, Don, appreciate the call. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling in. Look, I, I understand the frustration and – you know, look, I, I don't know what direction they go in in less than a week at the trade deadline. Look, obviously they have pieces that if they wanted to deal them, they could, and Snell and Hater and even guys like Lugo. And um, I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what they're going to do. I don't. Um, at this moment, they're six games out of a playoff spot. Is that insurmountable? It's not. But we've been saying that for a while. And we've also been saying for a while that it would require this team to play an extraordinarily consistent brand of baseball, of winning baseball over an extended stretch. I've said for a while, I really felt like that would come at some point with this group. I listed out my reasons a few days ago, the starting pitching, the fact that I I just believed over the course of 162 that a team like this should get hot for a portion of it and the fact that teams 
in front of them have not played well. It seems like the Marlins, Diamondbacks haven't played nearly as well. Giants haven't played nearly as well. But all of that, the, the, the number one aspect to it all, the key to that whole idea that they can make the postseason this year in 2023 is that they play that brand of baseball. They go on that run. And the problem now is 103 games in. I mean, if we're being honest, we have not seen the signs of that run. We have not seen the signs of a team that can put it together consistently on a night-to-night, week-to-week basis. Um, Look, the road trip was a good example. This series is a good example. Um, It is just not clicked on all cylinders. So if you're out there and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, maybe – Maybe this just ain't happening this season, and do what you can at the deadline to put yourself in a better spot for 24. I cannot blame you for thinking that way. I don't know that I'm there yet. I just I see six games out. Maybe I'm an, a, an eternal optimist. I don't know. Um, but it is a very interesting and I think pretty difficult decision um, coming up here at the deadline, what direction this team wants to go in. Because I, I, I on one hand, I don't think it's insurmountable. There's a piece of me that I guess still believes over the course of 162, you can go on that run. But, you know, Bob Melvin spoke earlier about the narratives. And look, the narrative for this team for the whole year has been inconsistent offense, has been not having an ability to win a lot of close games. They're now 6-17 and 17 in one-run games, 18-31 and 31 in one-or-two-run uh, one games. Uh, trailing after eight innings, they're one and forty-two. Trailing after seven, they're two and forty-three. Again, we've talked about the close games. We've talked about um, the ability to come back, things like that. Just things they haven't done really well this season as a group. Um, I think I'd be lying to myself and to you if if I said that that seems like it's coming. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. There's a part of me that has some belief still. There's a part of me that. Um, you know, your, your record at some point is what it is at 49 and 54 now after 103 games. I don't know what direction they're going to go, and it's a very interesting and obviously important decision. Let's go to Pat, who's calling in. Hi, Pat. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So, yeah, I don't want to waste the airtime, so I'll just get right to it. Um, I think we got a question whether or not the Padres batters are adjusting their batting strategy for different situations, such as adjusting the batting strategies when there are base runners in a forced position that could get them into a double play, are we changing our batting strategy for these different situations? Mm. Well, Pat, give me an example of today. I mean, give me an example so, of, uh, of, of today. So today's example, there's also plenty of examples in these past four games that we've lost three of the we've lost three of the four. But anyways, um in the first inning, um Manny Machado got himself into a double play and um he swung, I believe it was on the first pitch. Um let me pull up my information here, my example. Thank you, Pat. I got you. I, I have the information in front of me, so I'll, I'll, I'll go through it. It was a, a 1-0 pitch. I mean, look, Pat, I, you know, it's the first inning, and appreciate the call. It's the first inning. Um, I, I can't go back and look at this game and, and point to that as the, the reason they lost. I mean, 
you know, look, have there been spots this season where the situational hitting could have been better? Yeah. Um, I think that's been, you know, sort of obvious at points this year. But, you know, there, Manny's up against, uh, you know, kind of a so-so starting pitcher in Oviedo. He's got two on. Manny's been driving and runs like crazy this month. I mean, I can't point to Manny's approach and say he did something wrong. I mean, look, guys ground into double plays. Um, you know, power hitters ground into double plays. So have, have there been times this season where they have not done what they needed to do in, situ- in situational spots? Yeah, we've seen it throughout the year. Um, you know, I don't know if that's approach. I don't know if it's execution. But I, I wouldn't go picking out, you know, a double play from the first inning here today that Manny hit into. I mean, he's... You know, this month, I mean, he's been driving and runs like crazy. He leads the majors in, in runs batted in here in July. So, you know, I, I, I can't go looking at Manny's at bat and saying there's an example there of a widespread organizational issue from an at bat in the first inning of this game. I just can't. All right, we'll get back to your phone calls here coming up in a second. Uh, let's tell you about our player of the game. Which player had the biggest impact on today's game? <laughs> Let's find out who is today's player of the game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. Catch every game at Patties and Pints. Plus, enjoy $4 beer every Thursday. Visit valleyviewcasino.com today. Our player of the game. I mean, offensively for the Pirates, you could go a few different ways. Troy the home run, Reynolds the home run, Santana the home run. But you know what? I mean, I look at this game. How about Oviedo? Johan Oviedo, six innings, one earned run given up, three hits allowed, one of his better outings of the year. Pitched well enough to win his fourth win. He came in tied for the major league lead in losses. But Oviedo was very good. Kept this offense off balance really throughout the outing. 90 pitches for Oviedo. And again, allowed just three hits. Walked three, struck out five. We'll give it to Johan Oviedo. Today's starting pitcher for the Pirates, our player of the game. All right, we'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network, take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard, may squeeze in another phone call or two. I do want to get you to Gwyn and Chris, Chris Ello, Matt Scraby today coming your way, and uh, they'll have much more to say about a very disappointing loss for the Padres, disappointing series. Pirates win it 3-2 to two over San Diego. Post-game show continues when we come back on the Padres Radio Network. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. The Pirates win it 3-2 over the Padres in the final game, the rubber game of this three-game series. Sam Levitt with you inside the lofts here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. Padres drop to 49-54. and Pirates improve to 46-56. and Three runs, five hits, no errors for the Pirates. Padres, two runs, four hits, and one error. And the Pirates... They have not played well against pretty much anybody aside from the San Diego Padres. I said this stat earlier. I'll say it again here, and uh, you may want to lower the volume on the radio. Well, don't actually do that, but it's not going to make you feel very good if you're a Padres fan. But uh, here we talk about uh, numbers and facts, and it kind of is what it is. Pirates and the Padres this season series. Well, we know the Padres went 1-5 against Pittsburgh, not what they drew up. But how about this? Since June 13th, the Pirates are 11-27, five of those wins against the Padres. To put it another way, which I think really hammers at home, their last 38 games, the Pirates are 5-1 against the Padres and 6-26 against everybody else. It's hard to believe. 
but credit the Pirates. Came in here, played hard, played hard against the Padres in Pittsburgh. They've got some young talent in Sawinski and Bednar. They've got some veterans in Santana and McCutcheon. They've got Davis playing well. Gonzalez did a good job in this series, really, really did. So uh, credit to them, came in, played hard, and uh, beat the Padres uh, in this uh, three-game series, two games out of three. All right, we'll squeeze in a couple more phone calls again before we get to Gwyn and Chris. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby coming your way here in just a little bit on 97.3 The Fan. First, let's take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard. Let's go around Major League Baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country. This is the Out of Town Scoreboard presented by Jensen Meat, where great taste meets integrity. Locally produced in San Diego since 1958. Take a look at the Out of Town Scoreboard today. There was a rain out. We'll start with that. Angels and the Tigers rained out in Detroit. They'll make that up tomorrow in Detroit. Finals today, Blue Jays beat the Dodgers 8-1 in L.A. Whit Merrifield hit a three-run home run in that game for Toronto. Cardinals beat the Diamondbacks 11-7 in Arizona. Paul Goldschmidt, a two-run home run in that game for St. Louis. Brewers beat the Reds 3-0 in Milwaukee. Tyrone Taylor, a two-run home run in that game for Milwaukee. Mariners beat the Twins 8-7 in Minnesota. Dylan Moore, a couple of home runs in that game for Seattle. Guardians beat the Royals in Cleveland 8-3. Jose Ramirez hit two home runs in the win for Cleveland. Marlins beat the Rays 7-1 in Tampa Bay. Nationals beat the Rockies 5-4 in Washington. C.J. Abrams, former Padre, walk-off hit in the ninth inning for Washington as they beat Colorado 5-4. Games going on right now. Phillies ahead of the Orioles, 4-3 in the sixth inning in Philadelphia. Braves and the Red Sox are scoreless in the second. Mets and the Yankees scoreless in the Subway Series in the Bronx in the second as well. Cubs and the White Sox going at it in Chicago, 5-10 p.m. That's uh, at Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago, home of the White Sox. Rangers at the Astros in Houston at 5-10. That's a big game there. Houston, after winning two in a row against the Rangers, they are now just one game behind the Rangers for first place in the American League West, so that's something to watch tonight. A's and the Giants in San Francisco at 645. And that's a look at the out-of-town scoreboard on this Wednesday. All right, let's uh, hop back to the phones, uh, squeeze in a couple more phone calls. We're going to go pretty quick here because we do want to get it to Gwyn and Chris. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby standing by. They will have much, much more to say, I'm sure, about this Padres game and series against the Pirates. Let's go to... Rick in Chula Vista. Hi, Rick. You're on the Padres postgame show with Sam Levitt. What's up? Hello. I'm just uh, wondering why Melvin uh, let that kid, uh, Colway, hit in that situation, yeah. which obviously was situation was way too big for him when you got some mm. experience on the, on, on the bench with uh, Carpenter. Mm. Left-handed, oh, Rick, too. Uh, I, I don't yeah. see how he allowed him to. He got yeah, overmatched. Rick. Yeah, Rick, thank you for the for, and appreciate the call, and I did want to dive into that ninth inning a little bit deeper because, look, Juan Soto was available to pinch hit. We heard in the postgame press conference that Soto and Melvin had that conversation. Um, you know, look, I saw already some stuff on social media about where Soto should have pinch hit there. Look, to me, um, I didn't have a problem with Soto pinch hitting for Sanchez. I mean, if, if he's available, you got to use him, right? So let's live in an alternate universe here. Let's say you are waiting to use him in the Colway spot, okay, the number eight spot. Well, let's remember, 
If Gary Sanchez hits there, bases loaded, one out, you're down by two at the time. I mean, let's say Sanchez hits into a double play, so you never get to Soto there. Um, I didn't have a problem with the tying runs in scoring position, the winning run on first base going to Soto in that spot. Now, you know, look, Taylor Colway, that's a big spot for him, for a guy that just came up. Uh, obviously, the at-bat didn't go well. It was a weak pop-out uh, to the uh, left side of the infield and foul ground in a spot where a fly ball deep enough ties the game and you, you know, get a base hit, you win the game. Um, look, there was an option there to go to, I mean, if you want to stay righty-lefty, let's stay on that, because your other options on the bench there are who? Are, are Batten, um, are Revis, um, are Carpenter. Look, if you want to stay righty-lefty there, Carpenter and Revis were options. Bob Melvin stayed with Colway and in that big spot, and uh, he popped out. Um, so look, I, you know, there were other options there, and, you know, certainly Matt Carpenter is a veteran bat. He's... You know, was signed to be your DH and uh, not not used there. So, uh, didn't work out uh, the way they played it. And uh, but there were options there uh, if Bob Melvin wanted to go and, and stay strictly righty lefty there with uh, with uh, Carpenter and Revis on the bench. Let's go to Ronnie in San Diego. Hi, Ronnie. Hi, my friend. I'll make it quick. What is the mindset of having? Your six, seven, and eight, and nine hitters that are batting less than two twenty-five all back consecutively. That's all. Yeah, I'm. What is yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie. I mean, look. I mean, well, if you're talking about lineup construction, and, and thank you for the call, Ronnie. I mean, look, it's not great, you know, having guys hitting those averages towards the bottom. Now, you know, Sanchez had a great day the other day. We know it's been a tough season for Jake. You know, today they had a very young player, brand new to the major leagues, Colway in the eighth spot. Grisham, by the average, it has not been a great year for him again, um, although he has hit it better, you know, as of late. Um, I, I don't know how else you construct the lineup. I mean, are, are you not going to have Kim Tati, Soto, Machado, Bogart, your top five? Uh, you know, you, you have what you have on the roster, and you have what you have as far as batting averages. I, I, I don't see another way. I mean, it's not like you're going to take one of those guys and insert him over Kim and lead him off, right, or put him before Tatis or Machado or, or any of these guys. It's just the way they're hitting at the bottom of the lineup, and – you know, um, for certain guys in the bottom of that lineup, it has not been a great year. They've not gone through a lot of great stretches. And um, look, we've talked a lot about the heart of this order, um, the big four, all of it. I mean, look, on Monday night, I talked a lot about the big four and the fact that they went three for 28 combined in the two games on Sunday and Monday and how that just was not going to be good enough. But look, there have certainly been times this year where, um, you know, lack of production in the bottom half of the order has been an issue. Um, I still don't think that's, you know, uh, as much of an issue as, you know, guys not driving in runs just as a whole. I mean, look, it's a, it's a top-to-bottom lineup that from a uh, runners-in-scoring position perspective, from getting the, the big hit when you need it perspective, things that help you win close games like this, has just not done those things consistently enough. Again, I'll just end with these numbers for you. 6 and 17 in one-run games, 18 and 31 in one or two-run games. I mean, again, numbers that kind of fall in line with with those behind after seven innings. They're 2 and 43 now, 1 and 42 and behind after eight. It, it has just not been, you know, a lineup that has produced a lot in those types of big spots in close games. Um, and look, 
Sometimes it comes down to the bottom of your lineup in a ninth inning like that. They had the ability to pinch it with Soto. You know, he drew a walk on four pitches. Nothing more he can do. Um, I don't think Bednar's trying to walk him there, but he's probably being a little bit careful with him. Walks in that second run. But, you know, it came down to your eight and nine hitters, and they didn't get the job done. So, look, sometimes it comes down to the bottom of that lineup, and bottom of the lineup has to be able to produce those runs. It's what a a great team does. It's what a great offense does. They get contributions up and down the lineup. And in big spots, those big spots will find every part of the lineup on any given night. And, uh, you know, good teams, they they find ways to uh, contribute up and down the lineup in those kind of situations. All right, let's hear our play of the game. What was the crucial play that helped decide the outcome of today's game? This is the play of the game. Presented by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air, Flood and Restoration. Because we know how. Three on the day. Swings here, hits one in the air to deep right center. Fernando going back at the wall, looks up, going to go. A home run for Carlos Santana. That is his third of this series. And the Pirates add on 3-1 to one now in the top of the ninth inning. Carlos Santana, the solo home run in the ninth inning, gave the Pirates a 3-1 to one lead. And that ended up being a critical home run because the Pirates hung on for that 3-2 to two win. They don't get the home run by Santana. Maybe we're still playing right now. Who knows? So Santana, the home run, our play of the game, because it did end up being really a a very important home run late in the game in that ninth inning. I said this earlier. I'll say it again, and it just is sort of a a microcosm of the Pirates against the Padres this year. Santana has 12 home runs this season. Five of them have come in six games against the San Diego Padres. That's the way it went against the Pirates here in 2023. How will it go against the Rangers? For the first time this season, they are a very good baseball team, although not playing very well in uh, Houston last couple of days. Some good games there in Houston, but the Rangers not winning them. Friday, we are back. Off day tomorrow. Friday night here at Petco Park. It's the Padres and the Rangers. Game one of a three-game series. 6.40 p.m. First pitch on Friday. We'll be on the air with the Ecowater SoCal Padres pregame show at 5.40. Right-hander Joe Musgrove on the mound for the Padres on Friday. Right-hander Dean Dunning on the mound for Texas. Again, first pitch at 6.40. Our pregame coverage will begin at 5.40. Taking a look at the final totals in this ballgame here today. For the Pirates, three runs, five hits, no errors. They left on three. For the Padres, two runs, four hits, one error. They left on seven. Winning pitcher, Johan Oviedo, who improves to four and 11. Losing pitcher, Seth Lugo, who drops to four and five. The save goes to David Bednar, who picks up his 20th of the season. Time of game, a quick one, two hours and 22 minutes in the crowd here at Petco Park. 41,394, the 42nd sellout of 2023. Fans, you continue to be amazing. Hopefully uh, some better games here at home ahead. For our great studio coordinator, Manny Rhodes, I'm Sam Levitt saying so long here on the Padres Radio Network. Winning Chris, Chris Ello, Matt Scraby today. Coming your way when we come back. We'll talk to you on Friday on the Padres Radio Network.